Hello, friends. It's Caitlin and Shanika with Get Checkered. Get Checkered is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown and community supported. Oh my gosh, we're recording on a Monday. <laughs> we're recording at like 9 p.m. On a Monday, which rarely <laughs> happens. Um, only really happens if the race was like super late or we were super busy. And I think we were the latter. So, Caitlin, how was your weekend? Um, weekend was good. What happened this weekend? I went. I'm <laughs> thinking about it. Hold on. Um, so I actually did a bike ride on Friday at lunch, trying to get back in my biking era. Um, and then did a hike with our friend Anisha's in town. Um, so did a little hike, hike with her. Um, and we went to community in Canmore um, for food afterwards. Have you ever been? I think so. It's so good. Mind you, okay, I'm that person that goes in. I've never had the tea there. <laughs> <laughs> I just have like the food bowls, um, but which are so good. Um, yeah, I probably should get a tea. I I will do that next time. Hold myself accountable, but um yeah and then Sunday was the race also Father's Day um Mm -hmm. and so I like was there a lot of acknowledgement during the race I don't remember hearing a lot of acknowledgement I didn't see anything like aside from the drivers obviously posting about their own fathers and celebrating them we didn't really see much during at least I didn't see much during the race or even before the race yeah like on the broadcast and stuff like that like I think from and like this is a from my perspective and experience it's like days like this are hard like a father's day mother's day um and so I think like over the years um things have gotten quite a bit more inclusive um because not everyone has a great relationship with the father sometimes the fathers aren't around anymore so um I saw a few posts online with that and I thought it was really good um yeah, not a lot of people came out to watch the race with us, but we had a good crew, a solid core. <laughs> yeah, um, Anisha joined us instead of my partner, but it was so funny because the three out of the four of us did not have our parent, our father, in the city. So that's <laughs> why so we were able to go to the bar to watch it. Um, yeah. But it was fun. Yeah, in Hudson's, we got the back room again. It is nice going in the back room to watch the race um having quite a few mimosas (laughs) I love it though it's a vibe um and then actually so and I'm just gonna speak for Shanker because we did the same thing on Sunday um (laughs) she was talking about this Italian restaurant in Calgary DOP and I haven't heard of it before and I'm like what is that issue that it's the like it's amazing Italian food pretty much and but you can it's so hard to get a reservation Little do we know, Foo's over there, like literally on her phone trying to get a reservation for us. She's like, what if we went at 5.30? <laughs> and so fast forward, um, we ended up actually going to DOP for Father's Day supper. Yeah. <laughs> and it was killer. Like, honest to God, that was so good. Yeah, it's definitely a pricier meal. Like you're paying 30 bucks for pasta, like kind of <laughs> in this economy. But, you know, you go with a few people, you can split the bill, maybe skip out on the alcohol, you know, save your coins somewhere. But 
It's actually one of the 100 best restaurants in Canada. We have two entries on the list, I believe, and one of them is DOP. So if you do find yourself in Calgary, I think it was Major Tom, which I I think I kind of disagree with, but okay, whatever. Um, But yeah, if you find yourself in Calgary, DOP, freaking bomb. I've now been there essentially a one week apart. Like I went there two two weekends in a row, somebody's part. Yeah. So it's just really good. Small a shout out since we're doing food shout outs um the big catch sushi um i went there on friday night actually yeah. that's why and it's down south in calgary and like they're known for their aburi sushi dude it was so good and it was so pretty <laughs> but effort and attention into every piece and i was like oh my god like 10 out of 10 i'm gonna go back absolutely I'm going to add it to my list then of places. So yeah, we fire alarm started going off and I guess it was from like the apartment building above the restaurant. And like, I hope I don't get anyone like fired for saying this, but the girl literally just put duct tape on the fire alarm. It was so funny. We're just watching. (laughs) Okay, that's a way to do it. I guess that there's no immediate harm to the restaurant. Jesus, that's one way. Hilarious. Um, How was your week though? Honestly, crazy. I think I shared in the last episode. So I got promoted, which is really exciting. Um, but the issue is we do not have HR at my company right now. So I am down like two members of my team which means like the amount of work I have to do lately has been absolutely insane and it just has been psycho so I got asked um the day before our AGM to host the panel uh so sorry that's an annual general meeting um where I work is technically becoming a nonprofit. so hosted I got asked to host like the day before a panel with um three founders who I know really well so like that's not a problem but it's the fact that it was like our board and really important people um which I knocked out of the park obviously because (laughs) your girl is great at it but it's been multiple like 12 plus hour days um last week this week similar it's gonna be multiple 12 plus hour days um the good news is though or maybe like medium news this weekend I have a bachelorette party which I'm very excited for um getting to decompress then and then my partner and I we are going to stay out in BC for a couple more days um just relaxing and what's nice about that is that everything I do will be remote which means my team cannot force me to do anything um, I don't want to do essentially, uh, which is really nice. But yeah, I'm very, 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 very excited for the job postings to go up. They're going to go up very soon. And hopefully I have more help hired um, as I go on my way out. So just lots of things, but it was so nice seeing Caitlin this weekend, as well as like Caitlin said, our friend Anisha, who's been in town for a little bit longer um it's just it was so good it's yeah it's just so nice that we have friends that we've had since high school like continue on for as long as we've all been friends like mm-hmm. I don't think people have that I don't think that's very common but no and I was I was saying this to Sue earlier on a walk and it's like 
I don't know did we just get like super lucky that the people we met at that <laughs> early time in our lives are just like rock solid people to go on this journey of life with that I, like girl I don't know I think probably like we're not really lucky. we all had ups and downs and sometimes like stray off the path but in the end we're all still like chugging along together yeah absolutely and that's the thing like it's of course it's Caitlin and Anisha who we talk about quite a bit on this podcast but even my other friend groups like um I went to a bachelor party a few weekends ago and I think I shared uh like a friend of mine my childhood friend slid into my dms and she's like I like is this Miranda's bachelorette I feel like I've been following you and your friends since high school and watching them grow up and yeah, so it's just, it's very strange. And I think it's strange for everyone else that we've like stayed at this tight knit, um, but it's just the reality of it. So uh, yeah, feeling very lucky there. Um, I actually have a perfect segue into our Formula One content because I finished this long ass freaking day and I was like, okay, I need to like do something for myself, which included eating pizza because, you know, self-care um didn't eat anything else all day so might as well eat that and then I actually listened to I'm not fully done it so I think I'll probably finish it later today but about half of Lewis Hamilton's podcast interview with um Jay Shetty which like Jay Shetty seems like a lovely lad um but it's the first podcast interview Lewis Hamilton's ever done so it just is, it's really good uh, so far. It's stuff that we know, you know, like his upbringing in school. Um, but it seems like the tail end of the interview seems really interesting. So um, I don't know. I just felt really good and inspired. And the interview is like four months old. So I am behind, but I did enjoy it. And that'll be like my Formula One recommendation for the week is go listen to the podcast if you haven't, um, especially if you're having like a day where it's really long and you want to do something for yourself. Yeah. And I do know you were going to touch on something else before we actually segue in. Um, Juneteenth. Oh, right. Caitlin, we were talking about this before we hopped on. So we're recording this on June 19th, which is Juneteenth in the U.S. Um, and, uh, June 19th, 1865 is when in Texas, slavery was officially, and I'm not, I say officially, but I'm using air quotes because it's not, that's not what happened, but um, black slaves were given freedom, um, which was really pivotal and obviously very, very important. I think we also need to acknowledge that though that happened on that day, a lot of states weren't happy with that. And we just saw the implementation of so many other things, whether it's just like the general rise of white supremacy through to um, Jim Crow laws, which stayed in place until 1965 through to what we see today in the US, which I think scares all of us, which is like the book bans, um, gerrymandering, which is huge. And actually Alabama some progress there they said that they couldn't do that which is crazy it only takes forever and obviously people know that um what other things like just police brutality so what I was telling Caitlin is like as much as it's such an important day and so worth like we need to celebrate it and acknowledge it it also is a day where we say there's so much more work that needs to be done and we need to speak about it though because especially with what's happening in the U.S. with the book bans with this like desire to wipe history 
if we don't speak about it, um, even though we're Canadian, then we lose pieces of history and people try to reimagine it, revise it, <laughs> um, say that those things didn't happen, which is really, really important. Um, for Canadian folks, we, Canada also was built by slaves. Um, it wasn't until August 1st, I think it was about 10, 30 years prior to the US, but August 4th in, Can in Canada is Emancipation Day for Black slaves as well as Indigenous slaves. So it's marked in our history as well. So just important to acknowledge and I'll make sure in the podcast description to, to, put, to put resources so you can read up on Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah, I did not know about Juneteenth. I knew it was a term, but thank you to Shanika who actually knows things. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's talk about some racing. Um, so I had it in the notes, but I kind of want to swap it. Uh, do you want to talk about Le Mans first, and then we can talk about the the drama with Charles's helmet in the Canadian GP this weekend? I, I honestly, I don't know about the drama with Charles. I'm interested to hear. But yeah, okay. we can start the 24 hour de Le Mans. Yeah, so Le Mans was uh, not too long ago. And I think what's so interesting, we need to maybe do like an episode on this, but Formula One is the pinnacle of motor racing, right? And there's only 20 seats and some people make it and some people don't, but drivers that go from Formula One to other sports end up always doing well. <laughs> so G, um, Givenazzi, who drove for Alfa Romeo, was it two seasons ago? yeah two seasons ago um he joined ferrari and actually won with ferrari which was huge um which proves that hey if one thing doesn't work out there's other opportunities for you um there was a massive crash and i am going to kill this person's last name um but it's rio hirikawa uh he locked the rear brakes um, ended up hitting a wall and with him getting into that accident, it took out the entire Honda squad from contention for Le Mans. And it's so interesting because uh, like, obviously we know no one plans these things. They just happen. But what's interesting is that one of his teammates had to say like, he's not going to get blamed for this, which I think is bizarre because obviously he's not going to get blamed for taking out Honda for, from Le Mans. But I think that the, um, the online folks were like, he must be in trouble. Blah, 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 blah. No, people get into accidents, especially in motor racing. It happens. What matters most is that he's okay. So yeah, I want to talk about it because Gio, a name we haven't heard in a while, but look at him thriving in freaking a different class of motorsport. Well, because he went to Formula E last year and there wasn't many updates I heard coming from that. Um, is he still with Formula E? I don't know. I did not look that up before the pod. Well, I can look into that. Uh... Shanika can look into it because my Wi-Fi is temperamental and I'm afraid of, you know, touching anything on my computer while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it is glitchy. Okay. So he currently competes in the FIA World Endurance Championship. Um, he won Le Mans. He was in Formula E. Why is this not in here? 
Oh, so he only ran, uh, sorry, ran, <laughs> drove in Formula E in 2022. And yes. right now he's with um, the World Endurance Championship. And then obviously it was part of the Le Mans, the 24 hours of the driving, which I don't think I could ever do, to be honest. So good for him. You know what? So not that I, I've done 12 hours, right? My father yeah. does 14, 15 hours of driving. And that's that's my limit, I think. Um, I have caffeine pills when I do that, though. That helps a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh you do caffeine pills really <laughs> yeah yeah uh, honestly I can't judge I'm probably gonna have to do the drive at some point as well coming up here it's such a nice drive between it's just so long I'm not looking forward to that um okay so some of the random drama, I don't know if you're following any of this, but Charles was supposed to wear a Gilles Villeneuve tribute helmet, but his family said they weren't happy that the helmet was Ferrari branded and had sponsorship, which I was like very confused by because I'm, he, what, like he did drive for Ferrari, which is, uh, sorry, uh, Gilles Villeneuve, um, I did drive for Ferrari. So, I mean to me the tribute would make sense is there bad blood i'm not sure um so the reports were that there was some sort of disagreement and then jacques villeneuve um like intervened and whatever it was was resolved because he was seen taking photos with Gilles villeneuve's wife and daughter and I, I don't really understand what happened, um, but this is what Jacques Villeneuve said. He said, to clarify the situation regarding the recent incident where some individuals felt the need to insult me and my family over Charles Leclerc using my dad's helmet, I want to provide some context. As I was arriving to the track, my sister called me in a state of rage. She had seen Charles using our dad's helmet without any prior knowledge or communication about it. The entire family was taken by surprise as we had not been informed beforehand. I immediately conveyed the message to Charles, who was kind enough to give me a phone call. We had a heartfelt conversation. He apologized for the situation. Um, I reassure, reassured him that I considered it a touching tribute and that I personally had no issues with it. However, I stressed the importance of him reaching out to my sister as she is the one responsible for managing everything related to our dad. So that's kind of what it looks like. Um, yeah, it seems like it just wasn't talked about beforehand. And then, of course, as the media does, they blew it up into maybe something more than it was. Like, clearly his sister was upset, but it just ended up working out. So, so yeah, it seems like it's one of those, like, you don't want to be the last to know kind of situations. Which I uh, understand, especially if she's the one managing the estate and the brand. Yeah, and I think understandable if that's the perspective. Um, but yeah, Charles, I think, meant well, just maybe didn't execute. But also, is it his thing to execute? Like, is it not 
if it's like Charles's idea, I wouldn't say it's like not his responsibility to go and reach out and say, hey, like I was just thinking for this race, I wanted to like do this tribute. That's a like a 10 second phone call. You know what then I feel like I need clarity on? Is it like, is it him that wants the tribute or is it Ferrari that is like, oh, we should maybe do this? Right? Because I'm like, the drivers have no time to even like do anything else. Like I can't imagine. Valtteri has time to make a lumberjack collection (laughs) and put levers on his helmet. And drop some plaid, you know, so some of the important things. Um, Yeah, anyways, so I just thought it was interesting to see what the media initially reported, and then what uh, Gilles Villeneuve and Gilles Villeneuve's family just ended up putting out, being like, hey, look, it's fine. Like, we figured it all out, and everyone's fine. So that's the most important thing. Um, Caitlin, you want to talk about some track facts? Um, track facts, we have done them before for the Canadian GP, um, but I think it's just, like, it's always a fun fact to mention that um, it is a circuit on a man-made island um in the river the St. Lawrence um and it was actually from all the gravel not all the gravel but the gravel from when I guess they were constructing the um Montreal I don't I don't know if I want to call it the like subway or the metro they're underground And I think it was done for like the Montreal Expo way back when. So when they did that, they had the extra gravel and they actually made this island out of that gravel. And now it's where the circuit is. Which is so crazy. I cannot even like, I I mean, you're the engineer, but I'm just like, how do they even, (laughs) how do they even do that? You know what I'm saying? Just pile up things forever and make an island. Okay. That seems crazy. I mean, they did it way back when <laughs> Gary with our like above ground sea train which I think is a big time sewer mm-hmm. um like why don't we like it would have been so nice I think the city might be in a situation where it's like arguably too busy um too big now to start doing that through like the main parts um but like yeah if we did that with our city could we have created something cool like that the bow river is not that big but I don't know what we could have done. Really, no, I agree. Especially with the winters that we have, it would be very nice to have like a no, new no. level subway system. Not get hit by sea trains. Yeah. Just boggles the mind, man. I'm like, move. There was, <laughs> I was running late to work this morning and um, I get on the train when I'm late. Um, but there was like a huge delay when I was on the train I was literally like 50 meters from my stop you can't get off they don't open the doors I'm just there for like I'm not joking 15 minutes <laughs> just standing on this bus I'm like no on the train and I'm like I could have walked faster than this <laughs> do you know what it was no idea and I have been looking at Calgary Sea train news all day <laughs> to find out what happened there was also like probably I want to say like 10 10 police cars just driving up and down 7th Ave. Mm, something was probably going on. You know, and like when we finally stopped at 3rd Street Station, like the train driver got out and he was like walking to somewhere on the train. Could I have looked to see where he was going? Yes. I was concentrated and pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there had to have been something going on. 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Our train system's not very reliable. We're not like Germany. No me gusta. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of just the fun fact, I think, about Canadian GP. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, it's also, we talk about this all the time because it's a ton of people's favorite tracks. Lewis Hamilton got his first win there. Um, it's just like good vibes for all also us being Canadian. It's like, oh, it's nice to have a race that's actually in our country. Uh, qualifying though, this time around was a freaking mess. Um, in FP3, Carlos literally, uh, destroyed the Ferrari. Um, and I think the key thing to note here is that uh, I wrote, it was a little wet, just kidding. It was like a lot of wet. So, um, it was just really rainy and the drivers were really struggling and we saw that continue on into qualifying. So, uh, in Q1, Carlos impeded Gasly. And if you watch the video, like that was a crash waiting to happen. Gasly with his quick reflexes, we know these drivers do have them um like really avoided getting hit and like hitting carlos and it just would have been so bad just because of how fast gasly was going Um, like um interviews later or even on the radio he's like i'm going 300 and the guy does this yeah Um, 100 and it's like because gassy is on his fast lap so Mm -hmm. the drivers will normally get out of the way for a driver to do that successfully but carlos like was right on the racing line um and yeah it really took like maneuvering from Gasly who affected his time so he yeah. only came in 15th yeah it was make it out. super shit for him um someone else struggled I feel like we've been talking about Guan Yu Zhou struggling in general with the car like it's not him it's just the car so he was struggling through Q1. He was going at a snail's pace. He ended up stopping on the track. He pulls out the the red flags, end up coming out. Um, Just as they come out though, he gets the car going again and he's able to like essentially limp back to the pit lane. So of course he was impacted by that. I don't think it was him. It seems like it was the car. Um, But in Q1, uh, Gasly, like you said, was eliminated. Sonoda, DeVries, Sargent, and Guan Yu Zhou. Um, Q2, Perez struggled a lot. It seems like poor tire strategy from what I understand. And then Lance impeded on Esteban Ocon. You're going to notice that little thing here with a lot of impeding going on. Um, but I, I think it just comes down to like, it doesn't seem like anyone could really see or like understand what was going on with the rain. Jumping back to Carlos for a second, um, Carlos said he couldn't even see what was going on in his mirror. So he didn't even see Gasly. Um, I, I like, I don't, yeah. Anyways, whatever. Um, in Q2, Leclerc, Perez, Stroll, Magnuson, and Valtteri were eliminated. In Q3, <laughs> Oscar Piastri crashes. Um, and then the whole qualifying is red flagged, um, which of course impacts everybody because I know you're kind of like stuck in the standing. Um, but Hulkenberg goes P2. I thought it was just as the red flags were coming out. Like I thought he got it just in the nick of time because on our end, it was like Hulkenberg goes P2 and then the red flag came up. But if you watch the replay, there's clearly red flags um, like going off from Hulkenberg's view. You see it like 
at least two and he's still like laying down a really fast lap so I think it's exciting though like a Haas and a P2 that doesn't happen uh in the end so like I said so much impeding that uh Hulkenberg got a three grid penalty Sainz got a three grid penalty um Lance got a grid penalty as well and Yuki um what I wanted to ask you, Caitlin, was I saw some just like conversation online of people not understanding why Science and Falkenberg got the same amount for what they did. A little refresher, obviously. Science, Pierre could have been a massive accident with how fast Pierre was going. Falkenberg just didn't follow the red flag. Um, people were like, I don't think, I think Science should have gotten more. Falkenberg should have gotten less, whatever. But what are your thoughts on that? I don't know to be honest I feel uneducated in this matter because I couldn't look up like the regulations and what the impacts are but I didn't it it seems like those are some pretty like straightforward um penalties to give out right yeah Um, and I'm also like you know at the end of the day they all screwed up so who cares like it's gonna impact the race regardless like it's honestly like a three place um penalty and you're not starting like a p1 like it, it's not a 2021 like you're max or lewis and you got a three place penalty it's like hulkenberg goes from p2 to p5 and his car will not even be able to keep that up <laughs> caitlin sounds a little bitter about her team um <laughs> he, he he promised me so much in qualifying and then just the race just shit the brick man but um yeah I don't know I feel like three place is not it's not bad but it is like a slap on the wrist I don't know should they be equal Nay, whatever if we look at the regulations we'll see what it says Mm. yeah I agree I was like okay it doesn't it in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter because the pace of the car is what matters most um post qualifying uh poor Yuki said that his car just had absolutely no pace um I wrote here he needs a win I don't think I'm meant like he needs to win a race I think in general right now I feel like the last few weeks we've been talking about him just like struggling or finishing just outside of the points or just like having the opportunity to finish like p8 and then something happens and he finishes p10 so when I say he needs a win I think he just needs a bit more momentum or something a bit more positive um Mm -hmm. I really feel for him because you can tell he's just not very happy and in terms of the car, the AlphaTauri has taken a step back compared to where it was in the last sort of generation of vehicles. So it just is like such a tough position to be in. Um, Pierre was so upset with Carlos. So, so, so upset, um, which is not funny, obviously, but I just, I felt for him. <laughs> I was like, this is just not. Then he do like a little clip during the race day and he's like, I think he's like car going around track at the beginning was behind Carlos um like just when they're waiting to the fans and stuff and I think he made a joke that like oh Carlos is impeding me again I'm like you know what yeah and you know he has a good reason to be upset um we'll talk about what the starting lineup looks like but it is like I I would understand why he would be upset and then Charles was also upset with Ferrari Again, really weird strategy calls throughout qualifying. So in terms of our starting grid, 
We had Max in P1, literally not surprising. Fernando Alonso in P2, um, Lewis Hamilton and George taking 3-4 because of Nico losing his um, place. So Nico was in fifth. This is why I think Pierre is upset though, because Esteban started in sixth, which means the car was fast enough that they could have been, he could have been higher up. Um, Lando, kind of like a good day for McLaren. Um, Lando and Oscar Piastri in the top 10. Yeah, Oscar Piastri is coming into McLaren a bit more now. Like he took yeah. a few races, but like I do feel like he he's up there with Lando now, to be honest. Yeah, which is what they want, right? Um P9 was Alex Albon, also in the Williams. Good job. Okay, can we talk about him for a hot second? So I yeah. saw what happened in Q2. Right, and it's a rainy day. And Williams just made a really you know, ballsy but good call um, to put and get Alex to do his flying lap on slicks. Um, and then it started raining a lot and no one else got a flying lap in um, unless they got, unless they put them in like their intermediate tires and they those are not as fast as slicks. And so, yeah, Albon won Q2 pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it was ultimate strategy, but truly like the perfect timing, like just the perfect window where he was able to lay that down. Um, in P10, it was Charles Leclerc. Uh, like I said, upset with his team. Some really bad tire calls. Um, P11 was Carlos. So again, he would have been in P8, but the three-place grid penalty. Um, Sergio Perez really struggled. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, he was in P12, followed by K-Mag, Valtteri. Here in P16, uh, sorry, P15, Lance Stroll in P16. As I mentioned, he also got a penalty um three places again impeding another driver and then nick devries logan Sargent, yuki Sonoda in p19 he also got a three place penalty grid for impeding a driver which is <laughs> like all of them why not um and then in last unfortunately it was joe guan yu obviously because his car kind of failed him so that was our starting grid for race day very good Mm -hmm. my computer is starting to like a lot (laughs) i mean don't worry about it the audio is like lagging a little but we're getting there okay Okay. let's just hope it keeps um so yeah i guess so sunday father's day um race day and it was very good weather actually it was like 10 percent chance of rain i think is what it came down to and it didn't rain at all um better than the smoke because montreal eastern canada was going through some pretty smoky smoky stuff for a mm-hmm. while and they didn't know if it was going to be to be honest the racers wouldn't go in smoky conditions would they because it'd be like too hard on their lungs to be like at, at a certain air quality index right yeah, I would assume so. Like, it would be way, way too hard. Um, think about the weather that we've had or, like, the smoke that we've been dealing with. Remember that one day it looked like Armageddon? Like, <laughs> like that's next level. That was, like, a, in like 11 on the air quality. It was bad. But It was so bad. <laughs> yeah, even, like, um the moderate scales, it's, like, they don't even recommend you go outside if you can avoid it. So I'm glad that cleared up. I think the rain did help a lot. So, you know what? Bless it. Um, and good day for race day. 
Yeah, I completely agree. It was exciting to see the track and like people get ready. And I don't know, I was very excited because I just had a good feeling. I just had a good feeling. I really did. Um, we have like a bunch of notes, but I'm curious, Caitlin, who is one of your winners from the race? Oh, it's actually kind of hard. I think quite a few people did well um, yeah. that I was expecting to. Um, but then there's, of course, like kind of like the milestones that came from this race. And I think we'll touch on those first. The fact that Max won this race, it's the 100th win for Red Bull. And it's Max's 41st uh, GP win, which ties him with Ayrton Senna. Like those are huge milestones um that came with this race and it's like we thought max might have been honestly like touchable we thought people might be able to beat him given like if they did a really good strategy but in the end it's like he came out and no one could touch him um is it gonna he's won six out of the eight races (laughs) i have a gut feeling he is going to continue to win the races this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what? It's gonna just keep going. And I don't know. It was it honestly was like an exciting race for some laps, kind of in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like what happened to that fighting for first? I think that's what we're really missing. We didn't see that again. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it's the challenge of the sport, right? Like they changed all the rules because they're like, okay, we want the cars to be more competitive and we add a cost gap. So the cars can like, the the teams that don't have as much money can catch up. But at the end of the day, like the cars and the teams that already have so much development behind them and development dollars are continuing to just extend that lead. Um, We're still seeing the same three folks at the top, honestly. And I just don't know how you address that without like, coming in harder on the cost cap, which I don't think any of the teams would be happy with, um, especially the ones who are leading the pack right now. Just such a tough position. Yeah, so I think that's that's the first winner. There are other winners, but I think that had to be noted. Like there was, it was pretty significant um, having Max win this one, but you want to touch on the loser then? Yeah, I'll do one. Freaking, and I feel for him, but he made a mistake. Georgie, <laughs> who was genuinely in a good position to potentially finish on the podium in the P3 or P2, like just depending on what happened. Um, he got into an accident, like really smoked his tire. And to be honest, I'm not comparing me playing the PlayStation game <laughs> to them driving. But um, my boyfriend and I were doing a lot of just laps on the Canadian GP like game. And mm-hmm. it is just the, such tight turns. I really struggled. Like I really, really struggled. Um, so again, not saying that it's the same thing, but I'm just saying. <laughs> and yeah, it, it just really sucked. And he was brought in. It happened really early too, lap 15. And he like just the longest um pit stop because they had to swap tires change the, change the front wing double check everything so he dropped down pretty much to the bottom then <laughs> raced his tail off um worked his way up through and like Caitlin and I were like oh he's gonna finish in the points right like you know huge recovery drive for George 
And then by lap 52, he had to retire the vehicle. Like it just was not his weekend. Um, it just sucks. Cause I really think with, I think Lewis with the added pressure of a, like his own teammate behind him and Alonzo in front of him, like, I really think Mercedes could have done something creative and gotten both of them on the podium, but just like the car was just not functioning after George got into the accident. So yeah, he's one of my losers and he also wasn't very happy post-race, but we know that at least typically folks have like two DNFs. So this will be one of his two. Yep. Yep. And he, he says like, I'm sorry, um, shouldn't be doing stuff like that, but I guess Shanika's attempted i have not attempted the game to know just how tight it is but i the wall of champions for a reason yeah that's not great i can tell you that holy um but i'll go to another winner mm-hmm. or do you want to do a winner um no i mean i can like add on to what you say because he's one of mine i am not going to touch on yours though i'm going to bring in a new one they um and honestly I debated if this fits in the winners and I've thought about this for a while but I want to put Ferrari up here um because their strategy in the race paid off um but like I think the reason why I was struggling with deciding to put them in here or not is because it's like it's really an expectation right (laughs) They are a powerful team with a lot of like backing with great drivers. Like they should be able to come in high in the standings and have like repeated good strategy, but we know they just don't. And so seeing it happen when it does not often happen is why I'm putting them in the winners. Um, I believe they had one stop strategy for the guys instead of the two stop that a lot of the other teams were doing. Um, Mm -hmm. So it paid off. (laughs) <laughs> it really did and to like add some color to what Caitlin's saying they actually finished in fourth and fifth after like Carlos crashing the car in FB3 after the the penalties after just like not really nailing qualifying at all so I think honestly impressive both members you want both drivers close together so I mean, yeah it's know. a big points haul for the team um from the weekend and I think it is not going to change everything and it's not going to make everyone happy with them immediately but I think it's it it was a needed win as you said earlier a win for like Yuki is needed Mm -hmm. this was a win I think for Ferrari not strategy for once yeah and I know we typically do three winners but I think there's actually so much more we can talk about um but I'm going to jump to a loser and uh it's not his fault (laughs) I'm gonna say it like that it's not his fault it's not his fault um but I don't know what was going on with K-Mag's driving oh oh this one's gonna hurt I always try and root for K-Mag and I just like I was watching this I'm like I can't what are you doing man this is bad oh it was so frustrating I just don't know what happened, but I'm specifically thinking of the moment where like, I think him and Yuki were battling it out and then they both went off track. Oh, DeVries, DeVries. I rewatched the race highlights today. It was DeVries. I kept thinking it was Sonoda too, though. Oh, it was Nick DeVries. Okay. So sorry, Yuki. Sorry. Here's the win. Um, But yeah, 
Like how, how does that happen? K-Mag, you're not new. <laughs> I kind of understand that with Nick DeVries, but like K-Mag, you're not new. And like, I, I do think when I look back on that particular incident, I'm like DeVries might've been in the wrong there, but Kevin could have maybe, I don't know. Like, I don't think I would have seen like a Lewis put himself into the situation like proactively, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, K-Mag also hit a wall. Um, he also mm-hmm. had to like make evasive action by hitting a wall and going around um yeah it was not his race it's really hard to want to put k-mag on your fantasy team and that's really sad to say because he can like he was racking up the points before right last season when he was brought back oh I, I just it's just not his thing right now i don't know what is going on um uh i have a winner that i could share that isn't the one that's listed, but just because it kind of got swept under the rug with, you know, everything else that was going on, I'm going to frame it as we, as the viewer are winners, because it was so fun to see Fernando Alonso and Lewis, like battle it out, kind of go back and forth, um, which I really, really loved. Um, so I know I have Lewis as a winner, but I think actually like as the viewers to see two world champs, who used to be on the same team, um, I don't know. It just seems like Fernando Alonso just seems to be really enjoying driving. Like he just seems like he's having the most fun and you can see it like post-race, even if he doesn't do so well, he doesn't seem like things. I know that you were like, I wonder how big that check is that he's getting. Like I wonder too. Um, but I just love seeing both of them battle it out. And like to think all of those years ago that they could barely survive being on the same team together to where they are now progress baby it's all about growing up definitely and like I think what I said earlier like Max seems to be like untouchable I really like Alonzo's motivation um because it's not just him saying like my dream is to come in and win again he's like I want to win this race yeah Uh, go for it fight for it um it might seem unrealistic to a lot of people but if you're gonna fight for it things Honestly, you attract what you want. So, <laughs> okay, you need to tell me more about this Lando situation. What did he do? I am struggling to still try to understand it, but Lando got hit with an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Um, <laughs> and so what I read is I think it happened behind the safety car, and Lando went like unnecessarily slow so that him and Piat or like him and Piastri could do um a double stack in the pit but it also affected people in other teams um him going that slow and I don't know have is this a thing that they have given out before <laughs> I think Lando's response is like I'm not unsportsmanlike <laughs> It's it's just kind of like mind-boggling to be honest. Um, and Shanka, are you doing some research on your end because I don't want to ruin my computer? Yeah, no, I'm reading it right now. But what's so funny is that on the Formula One's like official website is how they describe it is so funny. They say, um, and I quote directly, Norris's pace down Montreal's back straight could then be described as er leisurely, <laughs> like they have er in here. 
Okay. And like you said, the stewards picked up on it and accused him of driving slower to create enough of gap for them to um, double stack. But I just think, okay, it's funny. Um, but according to the the marshals, um, they the stewards, they said they reviewed positioning, the marshaling system, video timing, tell what is it, telemetry? <laughs> no, team radio and in-car video as evidence and yeah that this was there was a significant speed difference between the cars um and that they view it as an infringement of the principles of fairness okay so what i find interesting i'm just like this is my takes raw thoughts right now is like Pierre Gasly has been penalized before for um allowing the gap to get too big right mm-hmm. um after like when following behind a safety car and it's like could Lando have fallen into that category or is like he's still within the allowance of distance between him and the car in front um that he wouldn't have fallen into that category but they're like you're slowing down that's not and we know you have like intent to do so and you're impacting other people. This is why it's unsportsmanlike. Maybe that's how it works. I just talked myself into maybe thinking it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. It's, this is one of the few times that they had one of these come out. So we'll see. Um, I do have one more winner. Go for it. Do you have any guesses on who it could be? um no my brain's not working it's 9 42 p.m man oh my gosh it's late um freaking alex albon okay because first of all amazing qualifying results let's just we talked about it it was insane it was just like unpredictable but he also finished really high in the points um especially for no offense the the williams so he finished in i just want to make sure i'm right he finished in P6, I believe. Oh, I think he finished seven, maybe. Let me oh, see. Let me see. But it oh. is surprise finishing um, that either this season. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, good for you. So I don't know. I was like really impressed with him. Yeah. He finished in P7. Huge. Again. What? Insane. No, that's a good one. And, like, just seeing him in, like, Q2 and just, like, him and the team had a win in Q2 for sure. Um, and after, especially, like, Logan Sargent goes out in, like, what lap? What what was it? What lap did he go out? Was it, it immediately or was it, like, lap seven or something? It was so early. It was so yeah. early. So, like, that's, that's kind of, like, a the worst situation. And then it's, like, but Alex at least got, like, good points for the team, so... Yeah, no, agreed. That's a good winner. Um, I think that's And one we don't typically see. No, exactly. Um, I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of, like, mediocre performances. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to give them all shout-outs. Um, but exactly. I think that's it, for me at least. Also, Caitlin's got such a good point. It's 9.45. We are exhausted. <laughs> yes. But, so um, where's the next race? Next race is Austria. Okay. 
I don't know if it's next week or the week after. Can you do a little looky look for me? Compass is still. It is July 2nd. So we have a break for a week. So it's two weeks. And we'll be at the Red Bull Ring. So. Yes. And that is a Red Bull favorite kind of track. Mm-hmm. It works well for them, let's say. So um, honestly, I'm hoping though that we see more from Prez because it's kind of depressing. I agree. It is depressing. Not even just kind of. It's very depressing. You just know that the back-end discussions are not looking good for him. No. Bosses like Christian Horner and Helmut Marko, and you're not performing up to, like, P2. They're going to get rid of you. You know exactly what they do. Exactly. I don't even know. I feel for him. So I feel for him, and also I feel for Carlos. Like, Carlos, um, him and Leclerc had, like, actually okay race. Um, this week but Carlos is not like he crashed in fp3 though right like he is showing that he's under the pressure right now um and he's not performing up to I think expectations either which is upsetting because we don't want to lose um smooth operator yeah and I think that's the scariest thing hey like you get so attached to these drivers but like they could the fans don't have a say in their face you know like they could lose their seats so quickly and so easily but okay, to be honest, it's like, okay, say worse comes first and they get rid of Carlos. Maybe, honestly, it's just like a big fuck you to Ferrari if Charles leaves. Because <laughs> he's like, I have not had a good time racing with you guys recently. Um, I don't see any changes coming. And he goes to a competitor and then it's just like Ferrari has to figure out two spots. Exactly. I mean, anything's possible at this point. It really is. Mm-hmm. Well, friends, I'm going to call it. I think we got to go to bed there yeah we do (laughs) so you're going to be listening to this episode we hope you enjoy it make sure you review us on wherever you listen to your podcast like it helps us a lot um i don't know you can follow us on socials at get checkered on everything you can shoot us emails at getcheckered at gmail.com and other than that friends we'll chat with you in two weeks at least maybe even sooner who knows well, we'll see what we can do, exactly. <laughs> but until then, stay tuned, amigos. And we will talk to you soon. Bye.